It's that time of year again. It is the On It semi-annual sale, and it's going down April 30th. We got site-wide savings on all things. Supplements, 20% off. Food, 20% off. Fitness, 18% off. All Marvel fitness equipment. That means Captain America plates. The Iron Man kettlebell, 20% off. Apparel, 30% off. Diggity, 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 door busters. Door busters. All Street Fighter apparel. Hadouken. Sonic Boom, 80% off. 44 kilo kettlebells, 40% off. Joint Oil, one of my all-time favorite on it supplements, 50% off. Matcha Chai, another 50% off. All Whey Protein is 40% off. Fulvic Minerals, the Mocha, 50% off. It's the best sale of the year until Black Friday, so make sure you get signed up. Go to onit.com slash semi-annual sale to sign up for early announcements and notifications on exclusive doorbusters for the biggest sale of the year savings I want to tell you about our friends at lisa mattress company lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious what do we mean by socially conscious it means they are driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody lisa donates one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell through their 110 program over 22,000 mattresses have been donated so far Aside from that, it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. It's absolutely incredible. Lisa also plants one tree. So if you're a tree hugger like myself and you're into plant medicines like myself and Aubrey Marcus, they plant a tree for every mattress sold and donates 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. It's available online and also at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, New York City and Virginia Beach. It's an American-made mattress. It ships direct to your door in a box, compressed. You open the box. I guess unboxing is pretty popular now on YouTube these days. But you open this box, and this mattress comes out, and it springs into life. Without springs, memory foam. It's golden. It's the best thing you'll ever sleep on. Check it out. Lisa.com slash on it. O-N-N-I-T for $125 off. It's the deepest discount they've ever offered. You got to check it out. Lisa.com slash on it. Welcome to the on it podcast. I am your host, Kyle Kingsbury. And today I'm joined by an incredible guest, a woman named Anahata. Anahata was a lady that I met out in Sedona at Spirit Ranch. Aubrey Marcus uh, has a little getaway space in Sedona where we do it a number of different things, uh, working with great teachers like Anahata as well as Porangi and uh, really got to dive into some different aspects of health and wellness and consciousness, detoxing, spirituality, the mental, the emotional, all the things in between and how we connect those dots. And with Anahata in particular, uh, we got to learn quite a few things. We did a conscious relationships workshop that lasted two hours. We don't dive into that on this podcast, but that's, that's one coming in the future for sure, the very near future. In this podcast, we talked quite a bit about balance. And one of the first things I did when I got to Sedona with her was we went through a Native American medicine wheel. And there are many different types of medicine wheels, but we really break this down and go into great detail on that. We go into great detail on balance with the masculine and feminine. And uh, there's some language here. Let me be honest. There's some language here that can be off-putting to some, uh, especially if you're a hard-nosed dude, uh, which I would have considered myself... 10 years ago fighting in the UFC, but at the same time, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of value from this. And I think if you put 
some of the knee-jerk reactions to to some language aside and you listen to this, it's going to be one of the most powerful episodes you've ever heard. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the On It podcast. We have a very, very special guest, Anahata. So good to see you and uh, to reconnect again. Yeah. 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 Totally. So I first met you out in Sedona uh-huh. and uh, we were at Spirit Ranch, Aubrey's Getaway. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were there giving some some guided workshops, and we got to work a lot on a number of different things. And you'll be a guest on this show again and again, so I can't wait to break down the wealth <laughs> of your knowledge. Today, we're going to talk quite a bit about balance, yeah. and I think you know it's incredibly important. Um, <laughs> there's so much that goes into that, but really, one of the first things we did when we got to Sedona was we did a medicine wheel with you. Yeah, right. So I wanted you to unpack what that is and the knowledge of that and how that corresponds to the seasons and even how we can take that and break it down into a daily practice, right? which is really powerful. Right. It is really powerful. It was really profound to have you there for multiple days and also with your wife, with your partner to kind of really address these issues and go deep and then experiential on the land as well. So um, the medicine wheel the shamanic medicine wheel. It's kind of a Native American custom, but there's medicine wheels on every continent and it can be, it's a tool for balance. This is one of the ways that we can use it today. There's many different interpretations and there's lots of variations when you look, dive into, and if you were to Google medicine wheel, there's going to be many variations of the different things that you find in the different directions of a medicine wheel. But basically it's a compass with north, south, east, and west. That's kind of what's standard across the board. What is unique and different about the medicine wheel that I'm going to share with you today is that each each tradition, each tribe has their own way of doing it. And this one particular has an element, a season, and also different animals in each direction. And it doesn't matter if you've never experienced a medicine wheel before because you hadn't ever. Had you ever? No. Yeah. Right? And so basically, it's a big stone compass on the ground. You know, we've got north, south, east, and west. And in this particular tradition, we use the west for letting go and surrender. We start there. We empty our cup, weed the garden, let go of things, surrender. So in the west, here's what we have. We've got letting go, the setting sun. We also have the fall, the season where the trees are saying, hey, things are changing. I need to let go of something. So chapters are closing. And when the energy around us starts changing, then we have to let go of something. Um, And humans are going through changes and closing chapters all the time. They just jump to the next chapter. You know, they don't grieve when they've had a big loss or a breakup or a big life change. It's like, boom, I don't want to feel it. So let me just go on to the next thing. And that becomes a poison. And one of the things that you're going to experience with the medicine wheel is a medicine in Native American traditions and, and, and shamanic traditions, is something that leaves you more whole. If you don't have the right dose, if you don't, if you aren't experiencing it at the right time, or if you ignore and avoid it, then it becomes a poison that doesn't leave you more whole. It leaves you less whole. So in the West, we've got letting go, surrender, setting sun, and then 
the fall, what chapters are closing that I need to let go, what leaves and branches, what relationship, what habit, what lifestyle, maybe what substance in my life isn't serving anymore, whether that's coffee or alcohol. Maybe there's a relationship that really has been on its way out and you're still holding on to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Or a job. Or a job or a limiting belief, you know, a victim mentality. All of that is stuff that we want to be looking at in the West that says, "What what do I need to let go of? And the element in the West that goes along with that is emotions, water. It's the, it's the element of water. Because when we are letting go of something, there's often grief or anger or resentment or disappointment. And so that West is about shedding. So there's the animal spirit would be the snake that is shedding a skin. And in order for you to grow, in order for you to plant something new, we start here in the West with letting go surrender, grieving, anger, let's get it out. You know, let's let those emotions flow because a lot of times most of us have been programmed, don't feel, don't cry, don't get angry, just move on. But then it becomes a poison in there because it's this insidious, dark energy that never, uh, or natural emotion that never got processed. And then it can sabotage what your your new beginnings, you know, your your abundance um, in, in, in your garden going forward. All these things have to be processed. All of the it. The more we stuff it down, it doesn't go anywhere. It just stays there and festers and rots in us. And that will ultimately come back to the surface, usually when we least expect it to or when we least want it to. <laughs> right, exactly. And by the time it's boiled, bubbled up and boiled to the top, it's a lot worse than right. had we addressed it exactly. and actually sat with that feeling that we don't want to be there. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the the whole dance with that is ignoring an avoidance of, well, let's just pretend this doesn't exist. Let's just move on. And when it festers, that's going to be the seat of addiction. That's going to be the seat of depression. You know, all of those things, when, when we don't tend to those things that are deeply wounded, our traumas from childhood, our disappointments, our losses, we've all had them. And, and they look different for everybody. And um, there's no, well, my story's worse than your story. It's because it's individual. And um, honoring whatever those traumas are, whatever that grief, loss is that it gets processed in that way, then we're not, then we're, we're avoiding and sidestepping a lot of drama and also a lot of addiction because if we're avoiding our emotions, you bet that we're going, going, going along with that, Kyle is going to be some form of numbing the pain. Because that can be through media, that can be through sex, that can be through all kinds of substances. Shopping addictions. Shopping addictions, you name it. Vanity addictions. Because if I feel insecure and rejected and I never deal with that, you bet I'm going to spend thousands on do- of dollars on looking a certain way. You know, and if, if I've had a breakup and I'm afraid of, of, and I haven't dealt with it, and I'm afraid of abandonment, you bet jealousy and insecurity is going to come up in my next relationship. Or the fear to even open. You know, I was like, oh, relationships, I'm just not good at them. So instead of dealing with it and learning from it, I'm just going to avoid it. I'm going to block that part of me. So we see those things go hand in hand is when somebody isn't dealing with their emotional issues, it's going to come go hand in hand with some kind of or multiple kinds of addictions and then mental emotional distortions. I'm not good enough. Nobody loves me. You know, all of those limiting beliefs that just got reinforced but never really dealt with. You know, why did they leave? Why did this trauma happen? And what can I learn from it? 
And that way, by weeding the garden, in essence, that way we're weeding the garden out, we make the soil fresh again to build something new, but we've also mineralized the soil with a lesson in life experience. And so it makes it stronger for the next thing you plant in there, the next relationship, the next thing that you build, the next version of yourself, like the snake has to shed that skin so that it's more authentic expression has space. Then the next version is bigger and stronger. And so that's exciting, but it's also scary. Yeah, that's 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 the work <laughs> as they call it, right? That's the, the not so fun stuff is being able to sit in your own skin and feel the things that you've been avoiding, exactly. you know, and the things that you don't want to feel and to recognize where that's coming from. That only happens truly when in stillness. It's not when you're constantly letting media and other things just drown you out. Take me to the next thing. You know, you go from TV to loud music to distraction, whatever it is to a phone call and con you know, now I need to take your emails and now I'm going to go crush myself in the gym. And you're never, you've never spent at the end of the day in 24 hours, you haven't spent one minute alone with yourself. So many people go to bed at night and they can't fall asleep because that's the first moment they've had alone with themselves. And that's when all the shit comes back up. That's when all the fear, that's when all the, the things are there because this is the first time in the day they've actually had quiet time. And that's when we tend to reach for, well, here's going to be, you know, this is when I'm going to reach out for somebody else, right? Booty calls happen late at night for a yeah. reason, right? <laughs> or you smoke a giant bowl smoke of weed. Joint, that right? way you can you pass know, out. Sedate right? with the with with the with the electronics or um, media, and so that's really uh, powerful to to look at that, and especially when there's been social programming, especially for men. Don't feel, don't cry, don't look weak. And so there's also a social reinforcement not to go there, not to feel, because there must be something wrong with you. And that's a weakness for men, especially for men, and also for women. But, but within that gender, men a lot of times don't know how to cry or to allow themselves to feel. It's too scary. And they've also been programmed not to feel. Don't address it, because that's a weakness. And it's, and it's scary and vulnerable. And it's a place we don't want to go. Yeah. I talked to Aubrey after our Burning Man trip about how it just ripped my heart open and how I felt kind of emotionally constipated prior to that trip, even going to the movies with him. I think, uh, I forget the movie we watched, but there was a really gripping scene and I couldn't cry. And yeah. I was like, it's a fucking dark movie theater. There's no, I'm here with Aubrey. I can cry in front of right? Aubrey. I have before. Right? Yeah. Like, why can't I cry? You know? And it was like, fuck, I need to get this out. And, you know, after Burning Man and, and going to the temple, I really just felt opened wide up. Not that that's the answer for everyone, but um, there are times even where I feel comfortable and knowing that I can, I need to let this out. I need to be able to be a, to be a full fucking human exactly. that can experience all the things and be able to let go of all this emotion that that happens to all of us, it happens to everyone. Everyone gets, women get angry, men cry. Exactly. It happens to all of us, right? <laughs> it's necessary too. Yeah, yeah. To be able to tap into that and to let go of those things is incredibly important. And this is all the water element. About honoring the water element, like the tides, it moves. It's not meant to be stagnant. Sometimes when chapters are closing, we grieve. And it's okay to be sad. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or some, you're depressed. It's like, I'm really just sad. This 
relationship is ending or I'm frustrated and disappointed that this thing in my business didn't go the way I wanted it to or I, I really did lose a loved one or, you know, like physical loss, death. And as a society, we don't really know how to process those kinds of you know, chapters closing. We're great at starting things, but it's just as important to close things and to close them in a way that is conscious so that we're not leaving debris in our garden that is going to block those new things that are coming that we want to plant. You know, like a new relationship, a new business, so that we're not bringing resentment, anger, insecurity, all of those things into our garden going forward. So I start here because this is where most people avoid. And <laughs> it's also where we empty the cup so that we can prepare the garden for what we want to put in it. So that's the West. And, you know, and when you're letting go of something, sun gazing at sunset is really good of exhaling. Like, wow, nature does it. Let's go, let's, let it, let's go of the day. It doesn't hold on past its natural life force. Fall does it. It lets go of leaves and branches that served its purpose. Maybe it's time to let go of pot. Maybe it's time to let go of fear and stepping into who I really am. Let's, maybe it's time to let go of being the victim from a trauma that happened 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. Maybe it's time. And fall does it with grace and beauty. Let, let's go and, um, and the snake does it. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with a snake. It's shedding its skin. It's like, I can't grow. I need to let, it's too tight in here. I need to let this go. So those are all, and the water element, emotion. Tears are some of the holiest water you will ever experience. And to start to make peace with your tears and to allow them to be. And anytime I have tears, I'm like, wow, truth is coming up from my own wellspring of emotion. Okay, whatever those tears are coming up for, can I, can I help that to heal my heart or heal a wound? Help me to see clearly. And I anoint my body literally with my tears saying, this is the holiest water I will ever witness is my own emotion expressing itself authentically. So um, I love that. And it switches that around, that judgment around emotion. And that way we don't wallow in it too, Kyle, because if we let the emotions flow, then we don't get drowned by them because it's also unhealthy to stay in it. Oh my God, and drama and, and never get out of it. And you can get in a cesspool of emotions because you're drowning in your own emotions. You don't, don't move past it. Yeah. That's why the closing is such an important piece of that. And then clarity on where is this coming from? And when you have clarity on where it's coming from, that can help you address the ways to move forward the ways to move out of darkness back into the light right. and to understand what's going to serve me now going forward. And that revisiting that is where you learn what not to do again. Yeah. You know, there are no, you, there exactly. are no mistakes. <laughs> exactly. If you learn from them and you act on them, the only mistake is the one you repeat over and over exactly. again. Exactly. Which happens when we don't look, okay, let's get our emotion out of the way. Oh, that's pissed. That sucks. Or I'm sad. Or I, I'm disappointed. It didn't go the way I want. Now, great. Get all that emotion out of the way. Because once the water's calm from our emotion, now we can go deep and say, what can I learn from it? What can I do different next time? What didn't I see that I could see next time? Okay, I didn't know any better. All right, but now I know. And so it also helps us with the roadmap of what not to do because I don't want that shitty thing again. And also where what I've learned because I'm going to be faced with this issue again. And I'm going to have the option to go back into school and see if I learned my lesson, I'm going to be tested on it again. A similar situation, different haircut. <laughs> you know, a similar situation, different person. And now it's 
can I grow as a soul? Because otherwise I'm back into the pattern again, over and over again. So that's the West. It's a biggie, you know, because we tend to avoid it. So now we move to the North. Okay. So in the North, it's going to feel a lot different. Uh, this is our spiritual direction of the compass. This is where we step away from all the community. This is where we step away from all the busyness and we drop into stillness. This is the winter hibernation. Let me go in. This is meditation, contemplation, reflection. The North helps us find our true, true North again because we wander off. We get pulled into um, different habits and different experiences with everybody else and with social momentum, and we kind of get off our track. So in the North, this is where we come back to center. This is where we come back to who we are, come back to what's true, our path, our truth. And this is where we summon our spiritual counsel. And a lot of times, some people won't have anything in this direction. They're not guided or connected to anything greater than themselves with a higher perspective and a greater wisdom than, than their own limiting dialogue. And the scary thing about that is, yeah, but my head is filled with programs that aren't true, that don't belong to me, that somebody else from another generation that wasn't fully awake put in my brain. So if I don't access some higher consciousness, if I don't access some higher wisdom, I'm screwed because I'm, I'm going to always be navigating to what my database says is possible and what is true. And most of it is false and doesn't fit. So this is why we go into that spiritual place where we open in yoga, the pineal and the pituitary glands that are responsible, the sixth and seventh chakra energy centers of the body to open the higher consciousness. And we open to divine wisdom. We sit in meditation. The, you know that, you know, yogis you see, or and Buddha, you see this big pineal gland coming out of the top of their head. This is not just a fancy hairdo. This is saying, this is so activated that the consciousness is growing out of their head and connecting to some divine wisdom. So in the North, we sit with that higher spiritual awareness. We bring in ancestors. So we have grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-great-parents that grandparents that came before us. So we tap and access, hey, ancestors, guides, angels, loved ones that are on the other side, ascended masters, whoever, you, your dog, whoever it is, whatever it is that really helps you relate to some higher perspective, summon them in and that's your opportunity to get some insight and a wisdom from a higher place. Um, this is the air element. So that's breath. And sometimes in, 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 we close our eyes so that we can open our inner eye here. Because when we have our eyes open, we're in this reality. And this is where the information is coming from, this material realm. When we close our eyes, we open our inner eye now we start with the breath coming present. It's our anchor. It's the bridge, the divine creator source, whatever you call that, has given us to help bridge us back into the present moment, to help us calm and center so that we can open and hear or see or feel some higher wisdom. So that's coming into the north, hibernation, rest, replenishment, and there's a lot of social judgment about that. What's wrong with you? Like I'm, I'm replenishing. Yeah, there's so much involved with this. This wh whoever the fuck made up this idea of this beautiful Type A personality <laughs> that's a go real go getter all you know, the time. Bust your ass now so you can be happy later. You know, work work 
50 hours a week for the next 50 years, and then you'll get to retire and do what you really love to do and enjoy life because you worked hard for it. And you'll have your white picket fence and your lovely family and your kids will be all grown up and you'll finally be able to travel and see the world and do all the things you want to do and have real joy in life. And a lot of people get to that place and they're like, I fucking wasted all that time. (laughs) I wasted all that time. I wasted my whole life working for an ideal that doesn't exist. And I should have left a piece for myself every day where I could recharge, where I could open myself up to new ideas and new learning and get the most out of every day, right? And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we're birthing something, but nature does this. It's not birthing 24-7. An apple tree isn't having apples on its tree. 365 days of the year. You talked about that when I had the vision of, t- of my wife as the rose. Yeah, right. The rose does not stay in blossom year round. No, it needs six to shed months its out leaves. of the year, it's like it brown sticks away. that have no <laughs> leaves and it's ugly as shit. It needs to decide which where, where it will grow new leaves, where it will grow new branches, when the roses will come, all right. of that. We can't make the sweet rose and we can't make the best uh, soft petals and the beautiful colors without replenishment and looking at where the root systems need to be reinforced from all of the time that, that it was birthing. And now it, we let go of all of those petals. It's a great example. Um, like in the fall, we let go. Then the rose bush, the tree goes dormant. That doesn't mean it's weak. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It's wise. It's using its resources wisely. Let me replenish. Let me build new root systems. Let me redirect energy to where it's going to be going forward. So this is where we get that perspective in the North, is we rest, we replenish, and we get insight from spirit creator, you know, the divine, your higher self-ascended masters. I just call it your spirit council. Whatever you, you, you know, if it's God, if it's angels, if it's Uncle Joe, whoever, that is on the other side that's helping you out, great. Help a sister out. Help a brother out. Like, I need some help here. And this is a level of humility that where we drop the head, the ego, beneath the heart so that we can be open to receive guidance, support, healing, replenishment, direction in whatever way we need. This is where we sit in meditation. This is where we nap. This is where we need recharge. The bear is uh, part of the uh, animal spirit here. Um, And also the eagle, because the eagle is about bigger perspective. Oh, that's why this breakup happened. Oh, that's why that part of my business went sideways is because I needed to rebuild it stronger. Oh, that's why this trauma happened so that I could learn how to do this thing and learn how to say no, because I'm going to need to learn how to say no in life. Um, Or... This villain came into my life so that I could learn forgiveness because I'm going to need to learn forgiveness many times in my life. And unless I have someone or something to forgive, I won't understand what forgiveness is. And so this is where the eagle eye, let me see the bigger picture of why this happened, why this door closed, why this ended, why this happened, so that we're getting that perspective that we don't get from our human eyes or seeing it like this, like, oh, that's true. Like, no, bullshit. That's not all there is to see. There is a much bigger, higher lens to look through when we're looking at life. And that's in the North, we get that perspective. You talked about your blind spot before and how we all have, <laughs> sure. we, all, we all have a blind spot. Doesn't matter how woke we are, how aware we are. Everyone has a fucking blind spot. And this idea of growing our awareness and growing in our understanding of life and everything that's going on just broadens that. It just pushes it back. 
Some of us have blinders on. It looks like we're looking through binoculars All and of us. others yeah. <laughs> we get to we get to start to move this back and we don't have eyes in the back of our head. All of us have a blind spot, but the deeper we are in connection to ourselves and in connection to source, exactly. The more that starts to peel away. Yeah, and that gives us the opportunity to see the bigger picture because most of what we're looking at is this tiny little lens. And awareness is let me see the bigger picture. Let me let me this is where the eagle eye says, let me look way above this. And let me get a higher perspective where some of these things that have been in my blind spots start coming into my crosshairs. So that is very, very powerful because that, if we use the analogy of the garden, mineralizes the soil. It gets it prepared to put a seed in there. We get inspiration because if we're just looking through our human eyes, Kyle, we'll never, you know, and, our, and we're just asking, accessing our human data, we won't think outside the box. And we won't see outside the box because... That's where divine creator might say, you need to write a book or you need to birth this thing or you need to move where if it were just left to our own devices, we would never consider that. And so this is where inspiration comes is to be in spirit, to allow spirit in. Inspiration comes from this place in the North where we're humble enough to allow something else in which means we've got to quiet the mind. Can't quiet the mind until we get rid of those emotions. Because as soon as we sit still, all of those emotional body will come unless we do go to the West first. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because then we can calm the not mind enough. And we're ready to kind of drop in, allow and trust and feel. And we're open to anything. Okay, great spirit, creator, source, help me heal. What action do I need to take? What do I need to let go of? Where am I going? Help me to see this picture because I'm stuck. I'm lost. I don't know which way to go. So this is getting accustomed to having a relationship in the North um, with spirit directly. Even if you're a very religious person and you're going to church often, I still invite you to be able to drop into your prayer with the divine in a way that allows you to be open to receive instead of praying, God, give me this. Let me be open to just hear. What message do you have for me? What, what, how can I be of service? Asking questions instead of gimme, 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 right? Yeah. A relationship goes two ways. So in this way, we're asking, we're allowing spirit to heal, to inspire, to awaken. So that's our north. And we can use that breath when we're in chaos anytime and close our eyes to just come into center again. It's our gateway to the present moment. It's a gateway to the inner uh, sanctuary as well. So that's a bit about the North. So then with that inspiration, with that replenishment, then we go into birthing. So that's the East, rising sun, new beginnings. This is what a lot of us tend to be really jazzed about. Oh, I want to start over and I'm all excited to start this new thing. Springtime is coming. Springtime. That's right. And the, the days are getting longer. And so new beginnings, rising sun, there is hope. Even if we've just totally messed up in life, there is the next moment, a new beginning. Let me start over. Okay, so my New Year's resolution starts now. Okay, now it starts now. Okay, <laughs> June, like we're going to do this. <laughs> it starts now. And so we can always start over, even if we've just gotten off track. We can always come back to center. So rising sun, new beginnings, east, and this is springtime. And if we want to have a harvest in the summer, we actually have to plant something. And so this is where we need to take action. This is the fire element. Hey, if you want a harvest, you have to plan it. You have to take action. We can't just be in the north in meditation. It helps. 
to manifest and to intend. Yes, that's up in the ethers, which is great and in the air. But then we want to come over here to the east and start taking action. And if we've paused to let go, then we're not taking action to just repeat all our F-ups, you know, we're, and we have, and if we've paused to get insight from our spiritual counsel, then we're taking action in the right way, you know, in the right direction. So we're not just jumping from one fire to another fire. I have to act. It's like, yeah, but how? And am I ready to act? So, so having done that preparation, now our action is a lot more aligned. It's a lot more clear and it's a lot more um, uh, productive instead of just burning out. Because you, everybody knows, especially here at Honest, very fiery, you go, 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 go all the, go all the time, you burn out your adrenals. Yeah. You know? And There's then, just, it's a pace. <laughs> we have a frantic pace. <laughs> Of trying to keep, and I'm not just saying like we at on it. All of us. We as a culture have a frantic pace that is, it's unsustainable. Right. You know, people talk about sustainability all the time with the environment right. and with different things like that. But there's, we have to think about sustainability with our daily lives. What's right. a pace that we can keep up with? And how do we replenish when we, when we are trying to work our tails off, right? right? There has to be some practice for that right. in order to stay afloat, in order to keep our stress levels managed right. in order to navigate the water pro properly. Right. Otherwise there is burnout. It doesn't matter right. who you are. Everyone will fucking burn out at some point. Exactly. And it, you know, the, the image that uh, I, I use here is that site board. What, what's it called? That balance board. Oh, the Indo board. Indo board, yeah. right? They got an even worse one at, on it on a ball. <laughs> right. Where you're trying to balance. And if you spend too much time in one part of the wheel, like go, 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 go all the time, then you've got to go to the other side, which is slow down contemplation. And so even if your joy is to work out, even if your joy is to go, go all the time, and that's your personality, you're naturally going to gravitate towards that part of the wheel and it will become a poison over time unless you balance it out with the other parts of the wheel especially those places that you avoid like the plague that you're not familiar with that are very uncomfortable and, and maybe not your favorite. Those are the places where the medicine is because you know how to do this one and it'll become a poison unless you balance it. So that East is that new beginnings, springtime action. Okay. I'm clear. I'm going to write this book or whatever it is. I'm going to start this new path. I'm going to get on my fitness plan, whatever it is, your new beginning, taking action. That's the fire element. That's when things starts to transform, when we move, because that is the fire element. It transforms density and it moves it and it transforms it into something else. And um, we want to plant seeds here. This is intentions. Well, what helps is if we contemplated what we want to let go of in the West, then we know what we don't want, which is fantastic because now we can plant its opposite. If I let go of lethargy, if I let go of complaining, if I let go of you know, control, if I let go of not having clear boundaries, great. Then over here in the East, I can plant clear boundaries, self-care, downtime, self-respect, um, forgiveness. I can plant all of the opposite of those things that yeah, I know meditation that I Meditation practice. Want. Exactly. Um, so that's in the East, we identify what is my yes. And with passion and purpose and action, we start planting those seeds because it's springtime. And if we want to have the best life and health, longevity, then I have to plant those practices here in the East. So this is getting really specific. And um, it's so powerful when, when I get into the medicine wheel, as we did, 
And, you know, I have, you know, people pick up a stone and say, okay, what are your intentions? Let's put them right in here. How often people say, well, I don't want, you're like, zip, shut it. (laughs) (laughs) We covered that in what you don't want in the West. This is what you do want. This is your yes. Let's get really clear about it. And let's be sure that you're not seeding a weed at the same time. Don't focus on what you don't want. Yes, in the West, we do want to identify. We do want to feel it. But okay, don't feed it any longer. Ident- but, that, but paying attention to it gives us, makes us aware of it, which is really valuable because now we go, I don't want to feed that limitation, insecurity, doubt, guilt, shame, whatever, anger, resentment, anything that's out of balance over there. I want to plant its opposite over here and I need to be energizing this. And I don't want to be energizing what I don't want here. This is positive. When we're setting intentions, it's positive. It's present moment. It is specific. And it is positive, positively framed. I am healthy. Even if you just got the diagnosis that you're not. Yeah. Paul Check, we just spent a weekend with Paul Check. And one of the great things that he was talking about was the echo test. So if you were to stand in the Grand Canyon and yell out, I want to lose 30 pounds. It would echo back to you. I want to lose 30 pounds. And you would be in this state of wanting, not having been there. Right. So when you set an intention to set it as it has already happened. Right. Right. I've lost 30 pounds and I feel great. I've lost 30 pounds and I feel great. And and those are that's the way that you fucking get that. Yeah. I'm the perfect weight. So it's 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 even about not even the loss, but more about what are you gaining? I'm gaining flexibility. I'm gaining vi- vitality. I'm gaining energy. I move better. I feel I great. Move, I, I feel better and amazing. And this is where um, quantum manifestation comes into where you're envisioning it already happening. So we're not just speaking it into the universe, but we're also feeling it already happening so that subconsciously we're creating the body, the habits that bring, it, bring that to us faster. Um, but we still, in the in the East, need to take the action. We're going to start with envisioning the yes, and then we're going to allow um, inspired action to take to take hold. So I think that's a fire. that's yeah. a huge one for people to understand because as we talk about these things, there's probably a lot of people that are like, "Oh, the fucking secret, blah blah blah." That's a hoax. And the truth is, the only place where that fails is in non-action. Yeah, absolutely. It's in wishing for shit to happen and expecting it to. Like, well, I set this intention to feel great and, and to be balanced and to not have stress. And I still feel the same way. Well, did you employ? Yeah. Did you start the meditation practice? Did you start working on breath work and mindfulness and being still and mm-hmm. being comfortable in your own skin? If you didn't take those steps, then no shit, it didn't happen for you. Nothing can manifest if this isn't nourished. And you so, don't plant the seed and leave it in the soil without watering it every day exactly. and giving it sunshine and having it the proper soil amendments. All those and things have to be a part. You also have to be a consummate weeder because, mm. okay, I set this intention to lose 30 pounds as an example, but here comes this old weed of in here of well, sugar addiction. Yeah, whatever donuts, it is that, that comes into sabotage. So not only is the action, let me move towards that, I also have to be going back and still dissolving and overriding all of those weeds that have probably been in there for 10, 20, 30 years. We can shake the rattle, we can wish and pray, but we also have to be envisioning and shifting our vibration around it. So that's where the mental intention and energizing it and visualizing it help, helps. Everyone's successful. Every athlete that is is uh, victorious is envisioning the fight. They're envisioning the ski run. They're envisioning 
the gold medal, whatever it is, they're envisioning it happen before. But then you still need to get in the gym. You still need to work out. You still need to take action. And that's the fire element. I take action. And then we go back to say, when I take action, where do I need to adjust? Then we go back to the wheel to say, as I move forward, is there a limitation that comes up that's over there in the West? Wow, I'm moving towards my book. Oh no, here's this old thing that's coming up. What if nobody buys it? What if nobody wants it? What if I get bad reviews? And so in this action here, we also have to constantly be looking at and not ignoring those weeds that are going to keep coming up and trying to sabotage that seed. So there's all kinds of practices um, to kind of help reinforce that as well. So the animal spirit here is the butterfly, the mariposa. 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 Because <laughs> in the West, it's like the dense body of the caterpillar. Okay, I have to follow great spirit and I just feel... I feel that I need to leave the caterpillars. Everybody's doing that. But I, this is where we follow our own journey. I feel called to go into the cocoon. Nobody else is doing that. What's wrong with me? But I just feel called to do that. And it goes in and it cocoons. It goes into this place where it's like, I'm just letting all of this change happen. It doesn't know it's going to become a butterfly. It doesn't know, but it's trusting. And that's that divine in the North. And then it gets to the point where this is too tight. And I just, I feel the need to move. And that's the fire, the desire of the soul to grow. We cannot stagnate. It'll be the death of us. Because a, a butterfly, a caterpillar does one of two things. It either becomes its destiny and becomes a butterfly or it dies in the process. You don't get to stay a caterpillar. You don't get to stay that way. We are not meant to stagnate as souls. We are meant to grow and expand. And so we've got to let go of, well, this is the way I used to be. Yep. And you're going to go in to allow yourself to change and keep growing. And then here comes this freedom that comes from that, where we're really our authentic self. And then the butterfly is like, yes, I'm free of this thing that kept me tight. Now I can fly and I'm free to go wherever I want now. But all of that groundwork has paid off because we are, we're not just born into that freedom. We earn it and we let go of what's in the way of it. And we allow the process to happen instead of fight it. Because otherwise, I just suffocate. It's, this is too much for me. I'm just going to die here in the cocoon. Or I'm never going to go in there in the first place. So the butterfly is a really powerful animal spirit guide. Because there's a part of our soul that is asleep, that wants to wake up. There is a destiny inside each of us that is so powerful and so ready that we just need to allow the process to happen. And so the butterfly is that end game where it's just free and happy and it's balanced and it's not pulled down by all of that density that would keep it grounded and not allow it to fly because that would be what we let go of in the West. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. Those are, those are things that would weigh down a butterfly. So that's the East. Intentions, clear action, inspiration, passion, the spring, and um, the fire element, new beginnings. So when you're starting something new, Breath work, sunrise gazing is really powerful when you're intention setting. Okay, this is my new beginning. Today's going to be the best day ever. What am I saying yes to? And what action am I taking to get me, to move me in the direction of my yes by the end of the day? So, you know, by the time the sun goes over here, which is 12 hours from now, what am I going to do to take action? Is there a call I need to make? Is there something I need to let go? Do I need to get off my ass? <laughs> um do I need to say I'm sorry or no in some situation that keeps my seed safe? Do I need to make a call? Do I need to ask for help? What do I need to do to get my seed going? 
So that's the East, rising sun, new beginnings. Then we go to the South, and this is just amazing because this is celebration. You know, you said, hey, well, what, what happens with that? That person, man or woman, that is like, yeah, I work, 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 and then I'll retire later. I'll play later. This is the play. This is the South. This is the fun. This is the celebration. This is the harvest, and we've earned it. We celebrate and dance because we've got a harvest to share, and we've done the hard work for it, and we have something to give, and we want it. We want to share that with other people, and you have something that I can't birth, so I also get to receive what I need because you've been busy in your garden, and gee, I, I want that watermelon, and you're like, oh, cool, and I'll take that avocado you got, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and somebody else is doing the music, and somebody else is birthing the children, and somebody else, we're all going to play different roles here. This is community here in the South. This is where we work together and the fabric of our community is strong when each of us is bringing our magic to the table, when we're bringing our, our soul's gifts, not just what you know we're paid for, but what we're built for, what our soul is designed for. That's where our, our thread is going to be the strongest in the tapestry of the community where we weave together. And this is community, celebration, teamwork, this is where we've got all the generations playing together and, you know, some old guys telling the stories and, you know, someone's bringing some amazing nourishing food and someone's playing the music and we're all bringing our gifts together. And it's worth celebrating here because we've earned it. And the innocence of a child, they're bringing that to the community just as the elder is bringing the wisdom, you know? And we have the guardians and the protectors and the musicians and the, and the healers. And this is where we all bring our magic. We're not all supposed to be doing the same thing. And, and, and this is where that individuality, on the wheel, discovering your individuality so that you can be here in the community bringing what your soul's gifts are. And that's where we, that's where we strengthen as a community because depression happens when we're doing the wrong thing for the wrong reason for way too long. <laughs> and, or when life becomes mundane. Right. When we stay stagnant, stagnant, right? When we stop moving, when we feel it's the same shit over and over and over again, and it's never changing, it's never going to end. I don't want to wait until I'm 55 or 65 to experience life. Right. right? So we want to be playing along the way. So here's this kind of thing that happens. If I'm not looking at, okay, things are stagnating, things are sucking, it's not working, I don't love my job anymore, and if we don't have that emotion in the West to feel it, then we won't ever change because we don't want to ignore it. We want to be like, God, this, I don't, I hate, I can tell you how many clients I have that says, I hate my job. I loathe it. And I'm like, what are you still doing there? You know? And it, it, it was kind of over three years ago. What are you still doing there? Or, oh, my marriage is like, I can't stand it. It's awful. How Has anyone tried to fix this? Are we, what, what, what's the deal? No one, we're ignoring that. That's what happens in the West. So then what happens if we don't deal with those things? Then when you come to the community here in the South, you're bringing anxiety, anger, bitterness instead of, well, this, is, this isn't working, so I'm going to change it. I'm going to go through the wheel and bring to the community my joy, my happiness, my harmony, my gifts. So a lot of times when people don't deal with that, then they bring to the community all of those things that aren't working. And this is where we have violence. This is where we have alcoholism, is that they're here in the South celebrating, but they haven't earned it. What they're really doing is sedating. Yeah. They're in the bar, 
but for the wrong reason. You know, we're not celebrating a victory. We're wallowing in sorrow because we're kind of just ignoring, yeah, my job sucks. I'm sedate. I'm sedating. I'm stifled, but I'm not doing anything about it. And we got to feel it completely and look at it instead of just, but I'm going to get up to the next day and do the same thing over and over again. So that makes sense in the wheel that there is not the shortcut between the West and we go directly to the South and we just party, but we have, we're not, there's nothing wrong with playing. But if we can stay, if we stay in the South for too long, then we've become a drunk. Or we don't accomplish new things. We don't accomplish new things. You're like, oh, I'm celebrating this victory. You're like, dude, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what are you doing lately? It's like, oh, and I was this, you know, NFL player and, you know, we got the Super Bowl ring. Great. That was 20 years ago. What, who are you today? It seems like we can be stagnant in any one of these seasons. We can be stagnant in our depression and our sorrow. We can be the monk that goes to the mountain and meditates for 30 years or we can be the guy who's got all these ideas and is a total dreamer that never sees shit come to fruition because right. they're constantly planting seeds and not watering any of them. Yeah. Or the the celebrator, the yeah. I'm the life of the party. I'm just here to have a good time. And they're not accomplishing shit. They're not changing anything to go to work each day right. and spend every dollar they have in the bar. Right. And this is where we get to really look at this medicine wheel as medicine because each of us is is totally unique. And we're going to be in different parts at different times. And we want to be, I, I ask you, each of you individually, hey, what part of your wheel is out of balance? Where are you avoiding a certain part of your life um, that is creating some distortion and some imbalance? Because the theme of this is balance. And it's like, wow, where, where, where can I be honest about what parts of my wheel are less developed? Probably because... I never go there. Or it was reinforced as a kid to always go, go, go and do, do, do and reinforced because, well, I get promoted and I get acknowledged and I feel good and I get accomplished. So if I feel good in the East, I'm just going to keep going, you know, and, but then I, I'm doing the same thing I did the day before, but with less results and less results, results. So this is the question is where of the, where in this wheel do you need to spend more time? So let's finish up a little bit with the South because this is also the coyote, the trickster, right? The coyote works in a pack, you know, so we, this is community. How can I not be the lone wolf? How can I work together in a pack a little bit more? Teamwork, support, where's your brotherhood? Where's the sisterhood? Where can I have advice from somebody who's been down this path before? And where can I learn from somebody who has knowledge that I don't? And where can we team and work together? Um, so that's a part of the South. And the other is uh, joy, the hummingbird, the colibri. And the hummingbird is like, where's your joy in life? Because if the thing that you used to love isn't joyful anymore, it's time to shift because you're, you're outgrowing that. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means it's time for a different aspect of you to come forward, you know? And it's just like, people that are saying, oh, this is, this is my life and I'm a bachelor and all of that until it feels like, is there more than this? Is it time for me to step into that role of being a partner? Is it time for me to step into that role of being a father, you know, or being a mother? Is, is there something that's coming to completion? And that's why the West is so important to feel and notice when is something coming to closure, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a habit with alcohol, whether it is 
a job? Where am I stagnating? Where am I stuck? Or where am I still angry and holding myself back in some way? And what is it? And so in the South, it's like, well, where's my joy? What do I really love to do? And that answer to that is going to change in life. Because what used to bring you joy, what you used to love to do, isn't going to bring you joy the whole, all of your life. And it's like, oh, well, it's all about my kids. Well, what happens when they grow and they leave the nest? How are you going to source your joy now? And so also looking at what is sustainable joy for me and allowing it to change over the years. Well, I used to love doing this and now it's not my thing anymore. Then we need to find another flower. And so the hummingbird is about going after the joy in life and enjoying life. And we want to be able to visit all parts of the wheel. You know, and at different times, we might need to spend a little bit more time in one area. Like a year, year and a half ago, I had huge life changes happening. My father transitioned. My kids went to college. There was a lot of cha- changing a relationship. There was changing health. And I was like, geez, there's a lot of change happening right now. And it took me more than a minute to just adjust because they were big life changes and they were all happening at once. And it, and it, and it took a while because it was re-navigating all of that. And so sometimes you have to be in that place of, wow, I'm grieving for a little bit while, a little here. Or, wow, I've been meditating. I'm getting clear. I'm getting prepared. Time to take action. Or, wow, I just birthed a book. I just birthed this business. I just birthed a child or I just sent them off to college. Where can I celebrate a little bit? You know, we're going to have some fun and enjoy life. And, and the sweet nectar, that's the amrita that the hummingbird goes after. Where's the joy? Where's the fun and the play? So that's good medicine over there. And sometimes the coyote sneaks in and plays tricks on us, you know, that we think we're getting medicine and all of a sudden we get a bitter thing. And we're like, oh, no, coyote tricked me. (laughs) 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 You know, let me try a different flower. Let me try a different thing. Um, And so sometimes the medicine in life is bitter. And how can we even play with that of like, oh, shit. This happened. Okay. (laughs) How can I even be light with it? How can I even have fun with it? Of like, wow, I did that same thing that I said I wasn't going to do. I did it again. And on how can we even be light and playful with ourselves in the process of, you know, making some mistakes and falling and, you know, okay, get back up again and even be light and playful with ourselves in the process. To take take ourselves less seriously, to forgive ourselves first for the mistakes we make and then to learn from those things. One of the things that I've really taken from that is to put that into a daily practice where as the sun rises, I'm setting an intention for the day of what I want to do. I'm planting my seeds. And then when I go through the work here on it, through watering and, and you know, <laughs> getting some sun and nourishing everything that I play with my son right when I get home and that we'll dance and we'll play and we'll have fun. And as the sun sets, we go for our walk and I, I, I seed and I weed out all the things that no longer serve me. I think of what went on that day that I would like to improve upon or what I no longer need and uh, will read. And there's multiple times in the day where I visit the North and meditate in various, <laughs> various ways. So that's not just a, are good with a nighttime practice. But then of course, the ultimate replenishment is having great sleep hygiene. You know, don't, that's the, a huge fault to the fucking type A personality is this, I'll sleep late, I'll sleep when I die or 
you know, you forego that. If it's a muscle thing, there's no greater recovery aid than sleep. If it's a cognitive function thing, there's no greater nootropic than a quality night's rest. There's Sadness, nothing, yeah. nothing beats sleep. Nothing beats that for restoration, for fat loss, for you name it, fill in the blank. It's incredibly important. But I'll still get in a, a great meditation when I lay my son down because he's at an age where he, he wants us to lay with him in bed till he falls asleep. And I'm obviously not tired at, at 730, but I can close my eyes in a dark room for 20 minutes and have a great meditation right then. So That's I can visit that all parts of the wheel on a daily practice. Exactly. We do it on a daily practice. And there's times when we go through li different life changes that we're going to need to spend a little bit more time over here or a little bit more time over here. And, and we might realize that as the soul matures, oh, I don't really have a spiritual practice. I don't have a meditation practice. That needs to grow. And the thing is, is that our ability to navigate all of the parts of the wheel as we grow as a soul, we have to up level in all four areas, in all four directions. So if I want to grow more here, if I want to evolve, I'm going to have to let go of what is in the way of that now, which might have not shown up until I start growing. Just like when the snake is ready to grow, the skin that it's in is too tight. So every time I go to grow, Kyle, I'm like, oh, there's more things I got to dissolve here. And all this fear, this it didn't show up before, but now when I'm applying pressure, now it's showing up. And I'm going to have to deepen my spiritual practices. And I'm also going to have to deepen and expand my play practices. Like everything has to go up level. Every time I go to grow, my whole being, all four parts of the wheel have to grow with me. And even though I'm ready to go emotionally and energetically, it's like, yeah, but part of my psyche or my spiritual practices need to up level as well or my playtime or my downtime. And rest is super important. The bear could dig through eight feet of snow for one frozen berry or could say, let's see, what if I just napped and everything melted in the meantime? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I'm resting here while nature time fills those bushes with berries. And it's a lot less effortful if I'm just navigating those is this the right time to birth? Is this the right time to rest? Is it the right time to celebrate? And, and being better at reading those instead of just waking and doing the same thing I did the day before. Do I need to change anything? Is there any part of my wheel that needs attention, you know, to bring me balance? And that changes throughout the day. One text can send your wheel totally off. You know, today it can send us into an emotional spiral and we may need to step back and emote clear, go to the north before we get back into the game again, you know, within just a few minutes. So it, this is a, a tool for modern day balance that is coming through the, through the ages and across cultures that in modern day city folk can be using this as a tool to help balance. Where do I need to go? What do I need to learn? And is there part of the wheel, is there part of my wheel that I totally ignore that I just, I need to I need to develop that part in order to create sustainable balance. Oh, so, yeah, it. and you can yeah. do it at night. You don't need to be a medicine wheel in Sedona. You can do it at night. And the, here's the four questions, okay? In the West, what do I need to let go of? Right? In the North, what guidance or insight can I receive? Or what can I receive? Um, so this is what guidance or insight can I receive today? In the East, what, what seeds am I planting? What are my intentions? 
And in the, in the South, what am I grateful for? Because we have so many blessings and so many gifts. This is where we also in the South express gratitude. And it's the earth element. I didn't mention that before. It's earth, mother earth, abundance, prosperity. And we want to ground it into reality. And so those are the four questions to kind of help people through the day. What do I need to let go of? What's, what message can I receive from my spiritual counsel? What intentions do I have? And oh, what am I grateful for? And you can do that on a Sunday night. You can do it on a full moon. You can do it in the morning. You can do it in your living room. You can do it anywhere. Um, so, cool. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I want to. I know we're we're, uh, we're we're flying through this podcast. Cool. <laughs> right. We are flying. Um, I wanted to see if we could touch on some of the things, the differences between the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Ooh, yeah. And so, if you're listening, if you're still listening to this, men. <laughs> If you've made it this far, you might be like, ah, I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about right now. And to be honest, when I when I first heard that terminology, there is this knee-jerk reaction from a man of, what does this mean, right? And you had a beautiful printout that kind of went through the language of each as we see the positive and negative sides of both masculine and feminine. And I think that language really rings true. And it's they're incredible pointers right? And these pointers point us in the right direction so we can see. And to use, uh, you know, Carl Jung's um, philosophy and language, we, we all have a shadow, right? And so this, this, whatever this negative aspect is of us, it exists in all humans, it exists in all things. And we, we can see that when we, when we point to this negative thing that might be jealousy or, or anger that's excessive, right? Anger has a reason to be there, but if it's excessive and it's all the time, that's something we need to fucking work on. Right, and then we flip that to this other, this other side, and we see the beauty in the masculine and the feminine. Can you talk a little bit about? That? Yeah, um, thank you. Because here's another tool for balance. Because each one of us, men and you know, all of us, men and women, have a feminine and a masculine side. And in order to be manly, that doesn't mean we oppress the feminine side, because that's there's a very powerful aspect to the feminine, and we want to be able to come to harmony and respect and cooperation and sacred union between the left side of our body and the right side of our brain, which is more feminine. And the qualities of the conscious feminine would be intuition. Men and women, we want to be land, we want to be leveraging our intuition about what feels right and what doesn't feel right. We want to be sensitive in a way that can help us sense where to go and be gentle with other people at different times. So sensitivity. Um, this is in the feminine, it's flexibility. We don't want to be so rigid that we can't be flexible with life. You know, this is, wow, this didn't work. It's like, well, let's force it. You know, well, maybe the feminine aspect of it is saying, if it's, if that square peg doesn't fit in that round hole, maybe we try a different tool. <laughs> maybe we don't keep pounding on that. Maybe we, um, maybe adjust something. So flexibility, adaptability, creativity, nurturing. Because especially like with an injury, we don't want to, all right, just had knee surgery. Let's go pound out. Let's go get on the leg press. <laughs> My boy, you know? Ben Greenfield, pain cave. <laughs> pain cave. Pain cave, bro. I was pain just cave. on a podcast with Ben. And <laughs> he, did a, he, did a pay, he did a session with me and he came in limping, you know, right? And it's just like, <laughs> so how's that working for you? Uh, right? Cave. And it was really powerful to kind of bring into the, the feminine aspects of allowing something to heal and to nurture it you know, so that it does actually heal and it can come back to a strengthened space again. Because when we rush it, because this is also the feminine, is patience. 
and um, listening allow- to our listening. bodies, listening, allowing. Hey, this isn't the right time, or it needs it needs something else. There's some element that's not allowing this to heal. So, all of those and healthy emotions. Healthy emotions are on that side of the of the feminine, and it's the right side of the brain, which is more creative and less analytical, so that we can download inspirations that are outside of the box. And it's that spiritual part of ourselves um, that is connected to the universe, that 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 is receptive and open. Those are all those are all feminine qualities. Those are all conscious feminine. Okay, so that's the left side of the body, right side of the brain. Now, if we flip it over to the conscious and healthy masculine, is the right side of the body, left side of the brain. So, if you're having a lot of your a lot of your injuries on the right side, your masculine's probably leading a lot, maybe too much. So, you know, I'm still working on. Okay, there's that shoulder, elbow, hip, knee. <laughs> Could it be the masculine's working a little overtime, right? Um, so, the masculine qualities on the right side of the body, left side of the brain. And the left side of the brain is more analytical and organized. And we need that. We need both flexibility of the feminine, but the function and form of the masculine. And this isn't about male or female, feminine and masculine, because we need both of us, all of us need both in balance and in harmony. So the healthy side of the masculine, courage, strength, resilience, integrity, truth, He is the guardian and the protector, so he doesn't cause harm. He's not about destruction. He's about building and teamwork. He wants to work together. And um, there's humility with the divine masculine. And he's honest. He's not going to lie. And he wants to create in harmony. And this is where we we have him, the divine masculine, working in teamwork with other people so that we can use everybody's ideas together and rise above together and create a greater solution. So there's, there's this part of the masculine that is integrity and conscious and grounded and structure and yes, resilience, because we are going to fall down sometimes. We are going to go down the wrong path sometimes, and we're going to have to try it again. We're going to have to try it again and get back up. He is incredibly resilient, devoted, and loyal. Um, so th- those are those masculine qualities. And when we pair that with the feminine who listens and feels, and she says, something's not right, back up, or I- I'm passionate, I really want to birth this, go in, the direct- in this direction, then we pass it over to the masculine. He's all, you just tell me where to go and I will do it. He's the doer. He's the action taker. But if he doesn't defer to the feminine, her sensitivity, her intuition, and her listening, he'll often go in the wrong direction or go too hard or... Um, or get stifled because every time he makes a move, he hasn't gotten direction. And so he's like, God, every time I do this relationship thing, I F up. So, you know, I guess I'm not going to do it. He'll stagnate. And so this is where when we partner that feminine and masculine together, when he listens to her and she's intuitive and senses, and then he passes it over to him and he's like, I'm the go person because she's not the go person. The feminine is creative and she's like, I got the ideas I can feel, I can inspire, but he's the one that's going to go get it done. That masculine part of us, man or woman, this is that masculine part of it that takes action and courage and is resilient. And that's where we want to get to this harmony of the feminine and masculine working in concert together. What gets in the way is the unconscious feminine and the unconscious masculine. The unconscious feminine, she's a drama queen. She is... Her emotions are all over the place. She's insecure. She is 
um, uncaring, cold. You know, those aspects shut down emotionally and um, impatient and disconnected. So worrying, fussing, all of that stuff, which is like uh, vanity, all of these, you know, obsessions with little things, OCD, all of that stuff because she's not quite feeling in control. And so then we start to kind of micromanage things and obsess about things and addictions, you know, addictions that are more related to vanity and material things. So... The out-of-balance feminine, we all have that. You know, we all have places where we're insecure or we fuss or we worry, you know? And then the out-of-balance masculine, he's the aggressor. He's the bully. He's going to use force. He is, um, or the flip side of that would be uncaring um, where and stagnant where he's afraid. Um, he doesn't want to do anything, so he's exactly where he's the coward. And the flip side of that, he's an arrogant ass. You know, and we have a lot of these unhealthy, you know, he's a liar. He doesn't care. He's, it's, it's, I win, you lose, and I don't give a shit. You know, so he's oppressive. He's arrogant. He's hurtful. He's violent. Those kinds of qualities we see in society all over the place. That feminine and masculine being out of balance, those less conscious aspects of ourself. And honestly, we all have things in all four quadrants. And what we'd like to do individually so that we can collectively evolve is let's look at those things that are in the unconscious feminine and unconscious masculine that we can evolve. Those patterns of insecurity, bullying, force, in, impatience, so that we can evolve those qualities and can mature them and make them more conscious so that we're not causing conflict here with our feminine and masculine inside of at war. Um, and a lot of those unconscious behaviors, Kyle, get reinforced. If you throw a tantrum, guess what? You get your way. If you bully somebody and you uh, use force, guess what? You get promoted. Guess what? You get money for that. So a lot of the unconscious behaviors in our society are actually socially reinforced. So we've got to really looking at individually, how can I evolve those unconscious parts of my feminine or masculine so that they're more awake, more conscious, but they're also getting along with each other inside me so that I'm not at war with myself because then I'm going to be at war with you too. And if there's this battle inside of me, then I'm going to be at battle with my health, with my relationships, with my money. I'm going to be a battle at everything I come to because I'm bringing that imbalance with me. If we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of another. Right. And so that would be the feminine coming forward. How, where does self-care fit? Over in that conscious feminine. You know, let me heal. But let me also bring that intuition in when something doesn't quite feel right. Well, then let's not force it. You know, and where can I be in integrity? Where can I be honest? Where can I stop bullying myself or someone else? So what were some things that came through and really talk, spoke to you as a man who is uh, also a father and a partner and a creator? What, what things were really coming through for you? Well, I had eight pages of notes for <laughs> the six-day trip. <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest, there was many downloads. But um, around the feminine and masculine in particular. Yeah. You know, there was, there was quite a bit of things where I had saw my own stagnation and fear. Mm -hmm. I had also seen how much when I first got to on it, because I think, I'd, I think when I saw you and went to Sedona, I'd been here on it for about six weeks. 
And there really was, you know, if people are wondering why I'm so against this type A personality, that's probably because I'm looking in the mirror when I talk about it. And um, truly, uh, no doubt an addiction to coffee, an addiction to caffeine, an addiction to go, 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 do, do, do. And to prove myself when I got here, like to hit the ground running, I want to prove to everybody, especially, you know, I, we're going overtime here, so I don't want to get too far into it. But um, <clears throat> I landed this job two days after being fired. And yeah. so I had a fear unconsciously that I didn't want to lose this job and um, the fear of the unknowing, a fear of not knowing what would happen if I lost this job as I lost the last one, those kind of things. And, you know, so I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to do more than the rest. I wanted to exceed expectations and I would work harder, not smarter, but harder than anyone else. So people would see that. And in doing that, there's fucking burnout. It's, it's not a sustainable practice. Right. right? So there Sedona, because we we had done this detox from caffeine and <laughs> from comes, right? other things, right? along with the colonic and, and all of the mental and emotional work that we did with your workshops and with Porangi, um, there was a deep realization. And it happened in the medicine wheel when we yeah. faced the North. I felt the deepest inner peace that I had felt in decades. And I realized right then, oh, I can't get to this place when I'm that jacked up on coffee. coffee. I, my, my bar has been raised to a level where when I try to feel stillness from meditation, it's unfeelable. My heart rate is 20 beats higher. Right. There is no resting stillness in me, no matter how hard I try to get there. And of course, when you say trying, you There's don't- effort. Yeah, that's effort. Meditation is about letting go. It's not about trying to force myself into stillness. It's about letting go into stillness, right? And feeling deep peace and being- Right. And so when I, when I had that experience, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks and I cried. I mean, it was fucking really hard to hold that back to know like, oh shit, this has been missing. And it's, it was something I knew, but I couldn't see, right. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see it until I was there. And then when I experienced that, I realized like, oh, Oh. this is how off, (laughs) this is how far off track I've gotten. Right. That's where the North comes in of like that reflection. And this is addictions come in. Those addictions come in. That's the out of balance masculine is because he's stuffing those feelings of insecurity or fear or doubt. He's stuffing those feelings that are actually necessary to look at and feel. And that's where we get addictions to coffee, alcohol, and all kinds of other things and sex and all of that is where the masculine is oppressing those feelings and wanting to overcompensate. You know, win, 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 push, push, push. And so we have enough of that on the planet. We have enough of that. Um, We want to still be able to move forward in a conscious way. We want to be able to build something sustainable. And our feminine and masculine inside us and with other people is going to have to get along. And uh, we want the best versions, not chaos, uh, get, you know, then we're just looking at reality TV, you know, where it's like drama and then he's, you know, then there's violence and all of that. It's like, well, shit, that's happening inside of me. And if I can't look at that, then I can't evolve and be a contributing sustainable member to society because then my energy or my vibration is just going to be pulling from that um, creative solutions where we can really thrive as, as, as a community and humanity. You know, because when we're out of balance, then we're going to just, you know, we're going to destruct Mother Earth. We are going to destruct other people. You know, we're going to be destructive. And that's why we're in this place with with um, the planet and with other cultures yeah, is who, because we're not at peace inside. We just had another mass shooting. Right. 
right? And who creates pain for others? Someone in pain. Someone in deep, right. deep pain, right? And if without the ability to heal people's pain, because that's the divine feminine that says, wow, someone was traumatized as a child or as an adult. How can we help them heal instead of just ignore it? And let's just put medication on that. Let's just pretend that didn't exist. It's like, no, it happened. And when we don't address it, it will come out as a poison. And, and that can be a shooting. That can be, you know, other kinds of um, environmental traumas and emotional traumas, um, violence. And that's why our jails are full. And so this is, this is another map to look at, wow, how could I evolve my unconsciousness so that I'm and my feminine and masculine getting along so that I can be at peace, so that then I can be a conduit for peace. One person, like the Dalai Lama, vibrating at those higher frequencies, because he's got the balance of the feminine and masculine. He's compassionate, but he's also courageous to talk honestly about peace. You know, he's, he's facing the issues, but he's also gentle and compassionate. And we want to find that balance within us, because then we'll be part of the solution. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Well, where can people find you? I am in Sedona. I'm at shamangelichealing.com. And if you have lasted this long and we've riveted you to your seat uh, or you're watching, then I know that there's been some medicine for you and it's reaching into some part of your soul that knows that there's something here, there's something to look at, there's something to feel, there's something that wants balance inside of you. And so I want to acknowledge that part of you that's hungry. And um, so shamangelichealing.com, I will put in the links, we'll put up, you know, some free gifts. I'll give you some free recordings, some discounts on some online courses. Kyle's going to come and train with me. So I do retreats, private retreats, private sessions, you know, and also I train people in empowerment and awakening and different healing tools. So I will be sure to pack this with some free gifts and also some discounts if you want to come out and visit me. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. I'm yeah. so excited and excited for us to take this journey deeper as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you can do it. Waking up and finding balance, um, find the medicine within and we're here to support you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for listening to the On It Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure you go to shamangelichealing.com. We're going to have links in the show notes for discounts to Anahata's workshops, which she provides, I think, at least twice a year. I'm going out here. Uh, maybe by the time you're listening to this, I'll actually be in Sedona going through a couple of different workshops with her. She does all kinds of cool shit. She's got shamangelic breath work where you can do kind of like Stanislav Grob's holotropic breathing where you have uh, incredible altered states of consciousness with no substance. And, and I'm telling you, this is powerful. Visionary states uh, just from breath work alone. She teaches a number of different practices that have helped me in a number of ways and really just ironing out and detailing what is the programming that I have. You know, we've talked quite a bit about the four agreements on this podcast before, the domestication of man. What are the things that we've agreed to that hold us in a space that no longer serves us? And I think the more that I work with Anahata, the more I come to realize that there's so much shit we carry with us. There's so much baggage we have. We've all got stuff. And uh, the truth is it's there whether we realize it or not. 
But as we spoke about on the podcast, the further that we can push back that blind spot, the greater our visionary field becomes. The more we see, the more we understand, and the more aware we are. And the more we do that, the more we practice the things that are beneficial to us, that help us heal, that help us feel life and really appreciate what we're doing here, the greater our enjoyment is, the more we get out of life, and the better our quality of life becomes. Thanks for listening.